When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest Stoke City Delilah podcast with this week's special guest, Martin Smith, the editor of the Oatcake fanzine. Good afternoon, Martin. Hi, Pete. Uh, we've taken a break from Stoke's transfer business, which has sped up over the last few days to talk, well, to go back 29 years to the founding of the Oatcake, which has become a Stoke City institution, although it can't have felt like that when it first came up. And I think the first edition ran to 10 pages, was it? Eight. Eight, okay. Eight big type pages. <laughs> but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Can, can you paint the picture of uh, what Stoke City was like in the late 1980s when you and your, your friends decided that we needed a, a new dimension? Um, it was really, at the time, we, we felt as though the club was at its lowest ebb. And perhaps, it, you know, it was if you, you had to go back to the 1920s to, to match that, things were to get much worse, and I hope that wasn't because of the fanzine. But um, we were struggling in the in the lower half of the um, of what was the second division, now the championship. Uh, we just lost to Leighton Orient you know, on penalties in the League Cup, and they were in the bottom division, and that was seen as a real um, slap in the face, you know. And people had just really were getting fed up, and we didn't seem as though we were any closer to to getting back. There'd been that. 86-7 run uh, under Mick Mills but that had kind of dissipated and disappeared and it was clear you know that we were in for another slog and it was just you know it was such a frustrating time and um, you know we just felt like we wanted to do something to, to try and help give supporters a, more of a voice and uh, to, you know try and paint the club in a good light you know that was always a, a, a founding aim of the fanzine was there? Did you take inspiration from other clubs? Had there been any club in particular? Well, this is a—it's a really interesting thing. I mean, um, uh, one of the guys who really, although I always did nearly all the content, one of the driving forces was a chap, Rob Ledgar, who's been heavily involved in things like Six Towns Radio now and uh, other uh, local media projects. You know, sort of labour of love for him, and he pushed hard, and uh, you know, let's do this magazine and. We, we, we kind of envisaged almost a rag mag with lots of jokes in. I don't even sure if they do those anymore, but there used to be student rag mags that they would sell to raise money for student union or for charity, and mainly full of jokes. And we sort we sort of thought of that, and we started knocking something something together. And at the time, then we started seeing some things about clubs were doing fanzines and. We were already well into our project, so it really was coincidental. You know, we, we could have ended up being the first one, um, but I still think we were sort of, you know, there in the, the first 5%. And so when we did our first one, in, in between us formulating the idea and producing this really crummy issue one, um, we, Rob had actually sent off for some uh, fanzines from other places, and two that particularly, particularly uh, remember were the Gooner, an Arsenal one, and not the view Celtic. And these things came out like 48-page, professionally produced, glossy pages. 
and it was a real sort of slap in the face, you know, <laughs> and uh, wow, you know, we, we looked so bad against those. These these were really professional things, and um, we quickly decided we probably couldn't match that. Um, we didn't, didn't realise, you know, no way we could match that sort of level of content in one issue and still be topical. And so that kind of pushed us into a very quick decision that we would do smaller issues, not as small as as we first started, but smaller issues, but do them more frequently. And to put this into context, you all had other jobs as well, didn't you? This was yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, we were. Yeah, no, it was very much a labour of love, and uh, quickly realised it was a, not a very good idea. You know, I was just newly married at the time. This kind of started within three months of me getting married, and um, looking back on it now, I don't. I don't think my wife would, would allow it again. I should point out that Mrs Smith is sitting outside, she, she, <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. still here. Yeah, she'll listen to this later. She knows she was an angel to allow us to do it because it was nearly all done at my house and people would come round and we had a little typewriter. We, we sort of grew that into a couple of typewriters and sort of professional ones at the time. You know, there was no, for us anyway, no word processors or anything. And um, yeah, within about four years I'm jumping ahead now you know it did become a full-time thing for me that I managed to keep going for about 15 years um, but you know initially it was just it was just a uh, a hobby really and we, we sort of gave the money away and spent it on away games and sponsored football teams and stuff like that you know it wasn't ever set up to make money but in time you know which I'm, I'm sure you're going to ask about it it grew so much that it, 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 we either had to give it up or somebody had to take it on full-time. Well, it was an immediate hit, wasn't it? I, I, you had a 300 run for the first edition. Well, we actually only... Yeah, we were going to run 100. Um, we changed that uh, at the last minute because we'd smuggled into somebody's work. He knew the security codes and we'd... I'm so sorry to this company. Um, borrowed their photocopier. We, we did we did at least supply our own paper. <laughs> And uh, we photocopied the pages, and um, we were going to do a hundred, and so we, said we were just running, and the hundred produced really quickly, and just bang on another. We had uh, the ream of paper and a bit, so we might as well do it all. And on the the first day, that sold out literally in minutes. People were like, ripping them out of our hands. And uh, two days later, there was a, a lifeline meeting up at uh, Keel for the old Stoke City Lifeline appeal that we used to have to pay £2 a week and we produced another 100 and off the back of people passing those around and hearing about it which was something you know in those pre-social media days and not even mobile phones back then and um, yeah they, they were again literally sold them out within minutes just took them out in Keel Hall and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to get this wrong I think they might have even held up the meeting slightly because people were queuing to buy these things off us what a feeling that must have been for, for, yeah, for going into a complete unknown. Yeah, yeah, it was it was incredible. We really couldn't believe it, but I think it showed, and it still exists to this day, maybe through other mediums, that you know there's a real appetite from supporters to to read about their club or to be instantly informed about what's happening at Stoke. You know, that it really is a passion to people. It is their life, and when you bring out something that that satisfies that people you know they're really hungry and keen for it and this is certainly an alternative to what was before this was something written by the fans 
and that was always our kind of selling point, you know. And we 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 felt, you know, after all these years, no need to mention names. We felt that some people hadn't perhaps as been. And I, as I've got older, I've come to understand why now. That if you're in the radio or the paper, you've got to have a good relationship with the club, and they can they can be, make life quite difficult for you. And then you can't do the job that you're actually there to do. The, so you're sort of damned if you do and damned if you don't. We didn't really have that, so it gave us a greater license to have a say. And yet, again, I always want to make this this clear. It's so important that it was, you know, all we ever wanted to do was support the club. It's just, it's one of those amazing things that the, 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 the birth of the fanzine and what was truly the height of the fanzine occurred at a time where the club was really at its lowest ebb. And... And so, you know, unfortunately, the, there were positions we had to take and things we had to say that, you know, we, we hadn't set out to do that. We, you know, we had to be true to the situation and to ourselves and, and to the people who were going to read it. How did the club react? Right. I've got to be honest with you. I think they probably wished we would wither and die. I don't think there's any doubt about that. However, and I, I really have to say this, and even at the time, there were never anything but cooperative and helpful and polite with us. And, you know, if we did something wrong or we said something wrong, you know, somebody would ring, you know, with the chief executive, we've had three or four of those, or somebody in the ticket office, the manager, once or twice, um, one of the directors. The, got, sorry, the, the Stoke City manager rang up the opening. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, You've got to tell us the story. No, well, no, it's happened a few times. Lou Macari would just, you know, you got that wrong and... Uh, and it was all really good. Seriously, it was really, really good. And it, um, the best time that Lou ever rang us was was to do with with Nello after his famous appearance at Aston Villa for the uh, testimonial match. We ran a um, play me or sell me Nello story, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Lou rang us up saying that he was from the the law firm of uh, Sue Graviton, run representing Neil Baldwin and. Uh, you know, that he hasn't asked for a move, etc. And, you know, they're demanding 10,000 in damages. So, entering into the spirit of it, we went down into Stoke in the pre-Euro days and got 10,000 lira, so that was a fiver. <laughs> and we took it into the club with an apology letter, etc. And, you know, it was really sort of good, you know. And yet, you know, that was at the time when, you know, sometimes maybe you'd be complaining. I mean, not that there was a lot to complain about, actually, with Lou, but... You know that that was like a really funny story that dragged out for a couple of weeks, and um, it was really really funny. And but you know, like I say, even like directors, and we'd be invited in for a chat, and they'd try and get their point across. You know that they want it just as much as we do, but that circumstances just wouldn't allow it. And if, if I regret anything, I, I think it's probably the few times where we perhaps thought that maybe the the directors didn't care as much as us. I think. That's palpably now not true, uh, but they just didn't have the financial power to to do it. Then you know it's not that they didn't want it, and uh, in hindsight, you know we, we haven't gone down the road of say Leeds, Coventry, Portsmouth, and any other club you, you care to mention. We may have slipped a, a long way down in the league, but we've never been under that threat of administration or going out of business, you know, that we've never been that close. And so, you know, perhaps they, they did a better job in hindsight than we would have given them credit for. 
I, I, in fact, I remember an interview with you when you were coming up to your 500th edition. I think you're coming up to 616 now. Yeah, first one of the season, yeah. And I, I spoke to you about Peter Coates, and you were saying um, he, he, he was a famously came in for a lot of stick during his yeah, time in yeah, charge of the night. Some from us as well, yeah. Yeah, and you were saying we needed somebody to come in with the drive and money to take the club forward. The, there wasn't a glimmer of hope, and in the end, the bloke with that money in drive turned out to be Peter Coates. And yeah, it, was, it came uh, full circle. Yeah, right. Well, there was actually a, a, a great thing again. Jumping ahead, we um, when he came back as chairman, brought out the Icelanders. We had a meeting. Uh, he, he called a meeting at the uh, the club, and it was very very kindly. The Stoke City official supporters club asked if I could come along as well. It was very decent of them. I'm, I don't think I'd originally been. You know, I think it was a supporters club meeting, but they said, you know. And the OK come along, it was really decent of them. We went there, and, and Peter Coates explained, you know, that he was back and things were going to be different. And he just said, you know, we can fight the battles of the past if you want. It's not going to get us anywhere. It's gone. It's over, and it's going to be different. And uh, my word, he was right, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. Ten. Well, we're getting ready for the tenth season in the Premier League, which none of us could have predicted. No. Ten years ago. Uh, but the OK did take hold in, in Stoke culture, didn't it? Yeah. it? That can't have been anything you anticipated. It was is the almost the spokesman for the fans? Is that a position that you've um, taken? Uh, has it been a burden at times? Is it, have you relished it? Um, no, um, I, I think when you first start it, it's quite you know it flatters your ego that people ask you to go onto radio shows or to do newspaper interviews and once or twice on TV, although. They're terrible, you know, they'll have you turn up miles from your home just to get one word off you and then leave you there. So, um, I should say, we're recording this interview in Timbuktu, <laughs> yeah, no, not no, the, t- the TV stations, yeah. you know, but it does flatter your ego a bit. But I've never wanted to think that you know my opinion holds more relevance than anyone else or that I'm some kind of super supporter because that's that's not the case, you know. There's, I know people who don't even live in the area. Who were at every single match, every single pre-season match, home away. You know, they go to reserves and youth cup games and stuff like that. And you know, you know, they they really are uh, super fans. At you know, at the height of my attending, where I had a couple of seasons where I did every reserve match as well as every first team match. You know, but that, that was kind of my job. That's when I was doing the outkick full time. So um, I haven't ever seen myself as a spokesman as such but I, I do appreciate that because we do the fanzine and because it has a uh, a large audience still, still relatively but you know at one point a, a huge readership that it you know it gives you a kind of platform to hopefully uh, represent those fans you're never going to represent everybody's opinion because uh, the, the, the range of opinions are so diverse that no matter what you say you're going to please some people and upset others, but it's not something I've ever wanted to do. You know, I'm quite quite shy most of the time. I try and keep myself to myself, and um, but it, it kind of goes with the territory, and I, I've been happy to do it. And and it, you know, after 29 years, it's it's nice to talk about something that's occupied over half of your life. Oh, yeah, a big time. Um, so from from 300 uh, sales in the, of the first editions, a sellout. Said that I think it went up to about five thousand by, by the yeah, time. Yeah, we 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 got we got that high. We were amazingly, I think, the last game of the first season. The Oak Kick came out was number fourteen, and we played Brighton. And if you check the um, 
if you check on Wikipedia or, or wherever, you'll see that the crowd was 5,800 that day. And we sold 2,800 copies of the, the fanzine. It was only 20p. But that's, that's a high saturation rate. Um, and then the, after that, we were always kind of two and a half to three. And then when Lumakari came, it was over three. And then that famous 92-3 promotion season, we were pushing four and a half. And I think the last game of the season when we were champions against Burnley, that, that was the, the highest amount. That was 5,400. But we've been tipping five in, in quite a few of the games, but that was the most we ever did, 5,400 for a single game. Just sticking with the bad times for a minute, there, there must have been a, a great release in the gallows humour of the OK during the Yeah, sure. You know, we, um, you know we've, we've always stuck it to some people more than others. <laughs> there were some years where I was a bit afraid to go out in Versla <laughs> Or a taxi driver saying to you once that some people would like to get hold of you, but yeah, you've got it. You've got to have gallows humour. It's been a lot of our covers, you know. And um, when you know, you look back at say the eighty nine ninety season where I think we only scored thirty five goals in forty six games. I think we scored one goal in nine games. You know, you can be angry, but you've got to laugh as well. You know, you, you have to. And I think that's something as uh, not just Stokies, but I think British people do quite well is is gallows humour. And uh, you know that ability to to laugh at ourselves, and you know we just have to. It's just one of those things. It's uh, you wish you didn't have to write it sometimes, but yeah, it's something I've sort of quite enjoyed as well. You know, and hope you know people haven't taken it personally at the club. It genuinely is. You know, it's uh, it, it's meant to be a kind of affectionate most of the time, but uh, you know if we've laughed at you know Graham Shaw's moustache or. Um, you know the way uh, Graham Harvey ran or something like that you know it was it's just one of those things but you have to it's the only thing that can get you through at times you know and uh, any Titanic references that that came out in the 97-8 season where you know the, well I think you know the film was out then it was, it was too easy to do um, you became famous for your front covers did, did you have any favourites? yeah I've got a, a few um some some of the the early ones you know are, are the most well remembered and uh, always the, the the Nelson Mandela one was was our favourite I think that was number twenty seven and uh, we were actually writing that on on the Sunday that he was released from from prison and uh, in South Africa after twenty seven years and I, I can't remember there was myself uh, Dave Frith and Pete Bloor and uh, we. Um, were watching it while we typed away on these uh, collection of typewriters we had and the knack that the joke just evolved you know uh, him coming out with greeting Winnie Mandela and saying you know I've stoked won anything yet after 27 years away and she says you know don't be daft you haven't been away that long again gallows humour and um, we, we did that on the front cover that was on the Sunday and we had the cover in the shops I think on the Wednesday or the Thursday so you know it was that at that time before internet and facebook that was really fast and it went all around the country lots of people copied it um man united sort of nicked it a little bit which is it's okay that's what fanzines do and they did it about man united not having won the title for that long you know and uh but that was our joke we came up with that and so i look back on that really affectionately and um in, in the 600 i'm really struggling now with others because it's just because you were reported to the police once i think <laughs> For, um, some suicide pills yeah that was uh, 
that was quite funny. We that was that was about the same time actually. It may have been the issue before twenty six. It's the only time we've done an issue for an away game at uh, Vale in that relegation season, and we were bottom of the table or second bottom, but we were looking really good bets to go down. And we thought, you know, it was unthought of at the time we could actually lose this game, and um, just came up with the idea of putting uh, two suicide pills on the back of of every issue. Well, I think we printed four thousand for that game. So, what seemed like a funny idea became a, a real ordeal because we. You know, you try and try and buy eight thousand sweeteners, and that's what we decided to use uh, saccharin. And um, I think we, in the end, we managed to find somewhere that sold tubs of five hundred. So we had to get those, and it took us days to sell a tape two to the back of every issue with a little story about it in case the unthinkable happens. And yeah, we we did it, and it was a roaring success. People always come back to us about Pat Stoke fans. Lots of people have still got them, you know, and the. Um, Still ready to take. Still, yeah, we must have come close sometimes. And uh, about, I think that was on the Saturday, we actually drew nil-nil, uh, which is about the only good thing that season, is that you know, we didn't lose to Vale in those two games. And um, I think on the Monday, uh, I, I'm not sure why I was off, I actually had a phone call from uh, Stoke Police saying, you know, can we just ask what these are? And uh, somebody had complained that, you know, they could be dangerous and we had to explain that they were uh, saccharine, you know, sweeteners and, and had a wrist slap, you know, that we should have told somebody or in authority or something like that. And, you know, kids could have been scared and parents could have rushed them to hospital because they'd taken them. And so uh, we're not doing that again. <laughs> so no consumables have gone on any subsequent, <laughs> subsequent issues. And, you, and you're still out, out of prison to tell the tale. Yeah. Um, the oat cake is still going strong as, as a printed form, uh, but since it must have been the, the late 1990s when the internet started to take hold, it's taken a, a, a different form as well. And it's, it's a very popular message board. Uh, um, we've, we've just checked in the latest counters that the 17,500 registered users of, of the oat cake message board, and I think there have been about another 20,000 gone on as guests over the yeah. last day or so. Um, a huge hit. Um, in a completely different different world for you yeah um it's you know again you know you talk about things that have have really been pleasing and the way that took out i think we started it in 1996 took a little while to get off the ground we had a blank page there for about two months and um finally got my uh, backside in gear taught myself some html you know got a couple of nice people locally local companies to give us some pointers and whatever you know and we set it up and it was fantastic you know it was really it really took off it was a, a really vibrant thing it was a, a real collective there of Stoke fans because you know we were mostly going through difficult times shall we say back then and um, you know it was a real uh, almost um, a support group in a way for the supporters as, as much as a support group, you know, for the for the club, a supporters uh, institution for the club, and uh, it was amazing. It was absolutely fantastic, and we had you know real characters and friendships were formed then that you know still last to this day. And the the downfall of the fanzine, not maybe not surprisingly, was both its popularity and the the surge in in the internet and. You have to remember when the internet first came out, it was hard to get online. You know, you had to usually had to pay a monthly fee, 
um, you know, just to, uh, you had to pay phone bills on top of that, you know, by, you used your phone line and that meant that nobody else in the house could use the phone while you were on the internet. It was a really difficult thing, but then the advent of broadband and services and I think Virgin brought out things and, uh, uh, and, and free surf came along and, and more and more people got online more and more people joined but the, the, the close knit um, what's the word I'm looking for the, 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 the close knit feel of the place was, was kind of lost and, and and it just became you know more of a, a bear pit really and uh, it, it, something that I'm so proud that it did so well is something that causes me a, a lot of heartache now to see the the kind of you know radical opinions and the, the constant bickering on there because it was really you know set up for Stoke fans to to, to you know kind of meet and greet and share and and it's just awful now you know sometimes and it really it really gets me down seriously. It must be very difficult to manage. And I, and I don't think you're particularly responsible now for the ongoing day-to-day management of the website. No, I, I had to give it up because it was it was just killing me. It, it, was, it, was, it was going to push me into a grave, seriously. Because no matter what happened, if you know, if you, sometimes you just have to remove people or at least their opinions and then they moan and they moan that somebody else hasn't been removed but they you know they haven't seen the other things you you have removed you know they only they only know what they've had removed or or when they've been banned and um, it, it just got too it, it just got too bad you know and you almost think there are people deliberately sabotage and I think it, it's not unique to the oat cake or, or any football website you go on even a, a video of your favorite pop group and go look on YouTube in the comments section and there'll be people there fighting arguing you know it's it's just the anonymity of the internet allows people to you know behave in a way that they wouldn't do in person or most people wouldn't do anyway most sane people wouldn't do and so um i'm kind of you know i'm i'm I'm, I'm pleased that so many people go there and that yeah one thing you have to realize there's probably only like 50 people on there who are these extremists but they're the ones who post the most and so those are the views you see. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, it's a little bit disheartening. You know, 17,500 members, I think you're probably 16,000 on there, just absolutely normal, everyday Stoke fans, you know, who just want to read about the club and comment about the club. And, you know, it's kind of made quite difficult for them by those who are a little bit more adversarial or uh, only deal in absolute positions, you know, and won't tolerate a... An opinion different to theirs. So, do, do you think it will mellow? Do you think, um, in the end, uh, the the world will find a way to, to, to live with that? No, I don't think so. No, not unless you, not unless your your face is visible at the time and your home address is on the. Uh, there's nothing like the thought of somebody coming round and uh, taking you to task well, over uh, what uh, you've these said. These people don't have to get in taxis in Bursley, do they? <laughs> no, that's right. And uh, so, no, I, I don't think so. The thing about the, the, the message board, it really saddens me, is that I, I genuinely, hand on heart, think it's hurt the fanzine, the printed fanzine, badly. Because I've, I've heard people say things like, oh, that oatcake's terrible, I'm sick of that oatcake. And, and I've, I don't think they've said it for my effect, mostly. I'm, I'm sure they haven't. And I do sometimes ask them, like, you know, like, what? And how, you Because know, it, it does offend me that, you know, somebody would say that about, like, you know, a, a, a fanzine that's, uh, you know, an instrument of support to Stoke, and that you know, 
uh, is run by supporters who love the club dearly and have stuck with it through the darkest times. But then I find out what they're talking about. Nearly always, you know, almost every single time, is what they're talking about is the message board. But and then it reflects. And I've spoke to one or two people. I've said before, you know, have you have you read the the fanzine? Oh no, if you, I've seen the message board, I don't need to. As they think it's going to be like that, and yet it's nothing but stories about you know heroes of ours and the way the season's going, and you know comparing managers and you know greats and looking at the history of the club and laughing at our rivals and you know and ourselves. And you know it, it's it's absolutely nothing like the message board. You know at its worst, and yet we, we're tainted by that. And it kind of you know hurts me to think that that that's, you know that it's happened like that. And a few times we've actually come very very close to closing the message board down. And we had a, we put it to a vote of about five of us one time, and it was sort of two two and one undecided. And and we we literally were on on the brink of pulling the plug. But all that would happen, it would go somewhere else. So somebody else who's running a message would go, oh, this is great, I've got all these new people. But then you'd have the problems. These people aren't going to go away if you take away our message board. So we just decided to stick it out and fight it, but not me. So we've got other people who run it, and um, still technically mine, I suppose. But on a day-to-day thing, I just I just can't do it. It's You know, to see Stoke fans squabbling, you know, their uh, fellow supporters as, as they do, it's, it's just too much. And it's, it's actually really hard work as well because, you know, we've had a couple of things legally recently where we've been asked to remove things that we didn't even know were on there. You know, thousands or hundreds of posts a day are, are done. Some run to several pages and, you know, you just haven't seen what somebody's put. Not because you agree with it or want to leave it there. You haven't seen it. Yeah. And so, we, you know, we've had to nip in quickly and... Uh, get it taken down it's a major online community isn't it I mean there are people on there 24 hours a day yeah, oh yeah, yeah we've got people who, who practically live on there they, yeah they seem to be no matter you post something they'll reply to it uh, within an hour at the most I'm not sure it's been cited in any divorce cases but it can't be too far <laughs> I wonder yeah. um, how, how about the uh, the physical form is that go, going strong is it, is it here for the foreseeable future well it's 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 um, it's not on the life support machine yet, but it's you know it's in the autumn of its life. Are you still enjoying it? Uh, yeah, because uh, because I love Stoke City so much. And there are days where I think I'd, I'd rather not be doing this. And then I think we had a game last season that might have been Watford the night match where we didn't do an issue, and I felt a bit lost, you know. Yeah. And uh, so no, I, I really do enjoy it. You know, it's about Stoke. You know, we have some fantastic writers, and I know that some of them have, have written for you. You know. Um, Rob Doolan and uh, one of our trouser doggies, one of our one of my favourite contributors. And, and we Mark. haven't had Woodbine yet. No, well, he's a he's a, he's a rusty old character. We, uh, we we try not to have him in too much. And uh, yeah, we um, yeah they, they, they write really really good stuff about Stoke, and that's that saddens me in a way that that sometimes we don't have the readership that we used to have. That you know we've got these sort of great writers and. And some of the stuff they, they, they put out, and I'd like to think some of the stuff that you know ourselves as editors uh, contribute as well. I think it's you know, it's really good stuff. It's heartfelt. It's about our club. It's it's uh, you know it's it's it, it, it's Stoke City, and um, it, it's a shame that more people don't read it. But that that's kind of the way things are going. I know that a lot of printed work is really struggling at the moment because it's because of uh, the internet. You know, there's a lot of people. 
we do see sometimes some saying, can somebody put a copy of the outcake online? No, bite. <laughs> you know, and it, I'm sorry, you know, it, it, you know, we can't run the thing for free, and you know, people people don't want to pay for things, and and I think as well, there's because in an age of Twitter and Facebook posts that. Uh, people just want to read something shorter and snappier, and maybe a nineteen hundred word article on um, on you know Glen Whelan's yeah or Martin Carruthers' history uh, career at Stoke or you know Glen Whelan's contribution last season. It just maybe it's too much for them. You know, bit people are busy. They maybe don't have the time. You know, to to wade through. But we have enough people who still do, who still seem to appreciate it. And as long as there's enough of those people. And uh, you know my health holds up. Then yeah, we'd we'd like to try and do it, but we're on six one six in two weeks' time. That six hundred and sixteen. Um, I'd be surprised if it made seven hundred. Mm, and true. we do nineteen a season, so that'd be four more years. I, I think I've heard you say this before, and it's still going strong. No, but maybe not. I think seven hundred could be the. I'm, I'm kind of looking at that. And there's a reality to it as well. I'm 54 now. I was 25 when I started. And it's um, it's it's really tough. You know, you just have to hold your hands up. And, and also, you, you have to accept that, are, are you still relevant? You know, that some of these guys coming through now, the younger, they're brought up in the Premier League age. And that's, by the way, that's not a, a backhanded dig at them. It really isn't. You know, you can't help when you were born. And if they've come onto the scene or you know when when Stoke are in the Premier League that's that's just the way it is I mean I was actually born and brought up in a time with the great Waddington team so Jimmy Greenoff was sat in that seat a couple of weeks ago well yeah I, I got to meet Jimmy recently and it was a real honour and um, where I only people might be surprised I only have one Stoke City picture up at home and it's a portrait of Jimmy Greenoff that he really was my hero when I was a, a young man he's a, he's a fantastic player and God, you know, in those days when everything wasn't on TV, wasn't available on the internet, I never wanted to miss a single game he played. And uh, you know, so you know, we we just kind of you know we want to we want to stay relevant, and you know, it might maybe difficult now. You've got some of these young hip uh, guys, you know, who really they're up to t- up to up to date with all the modern terminology, and we're these sort of older fogies in the background still sort of plodding away with our thing so we're not really interested in glossing up the fanzine either it's we don't even have a glossy cover on there and not that interested in full colour you know we, we could do it probably for not much more than than we do it now but it's it's just it's not really as we've done a few in the past as specials and may do again in the future but it's just about what's written in there that we, 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 we prioritise the content over the look and we're really proud as well about the no advertising you know that's that's so easy that would take so much pressure off us if we you know took the money because so many people have asked to advertise and i've seen other fanzines around the country and locally who do it and you know that there are people out there that, that you know that do want to do it but we we, we didn't want to do that we didn't want people to pick up something that we'd done and uh, and, and and you know reading through adverts it's meant to be a break from that it really is just about stuff we've run a couple in the past usually free of charge and a couple we did we we gave the money away like to charity or a local team we're not that that was just something we wanted to do you know we just wanted it to be about football and about stoke and that that's something i'm really pleased that you know we've held to 
and that's not again not a dig at anyone else who, who's gone the other way it's you know you've, we've all got to find a way of producing something and um and the oatcake's been very lucky in its, in its circulation figures that, that we've been able to do that. We'll, we'll move on from hopefully, what was a Steve Redgrave-style kind of re- retirement uh, <laughs> prediction? Because um, I wanted to ask you about um, your thoughts on Stoke for the, the coming season. He's obviously, uh, Martin's obviously a Sentinel columnist as well. Uh, you see a lot of games. Um, Mark Hughes came in for quite a lot of stick last season, certainly more than he had done in his uh, first three years in charge. Um, what what are your thoughts about him moving into the into the new campaign? Um, I think a lot of the stick he got last season, pr- pretty much most of it, it was probably deserved. But we, we seem to have reached an age now um, in football and with with supporters where nobody can tolerate any setback, and that's why managers are just fired at a ludicrous rate. You know, it's over half sometimes in a season of. Premier League managers, you know, lose the jobs, and and I genuinely thought that three nights in a row um, bought him some some credit, you know, a little bit of credit in the bank, so to speak, and a little bit of leeway with Stoke fans. Other Stoke fans don't agree. I mean, at Bournemouth towards the end of last season. I mean, we can all play the if game, but bear with me for this one. At Bournemouth, we we were winning two one. And a sort of like freak own goal, you know, really rubbishy own goal that hit Ryan and went went in, um, cost us the win, and we ended up getting a draw very late in the game. And had that not happened, and you know, assuming the other results had, even losing against Arsenal and, and beating Southampton as we did in the next two games, we'd have actually finished ninth again. Now that would have been with the reduced points total, but it, it's very hard to go by points because each season tells a different story. The, 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 the allocation of points can be altered by how well the big teams do. When big teams, uh, say the top five or six, thrash everybody, then the mid and lower reaches tend to have lower points totals. When there's no real standout teams at the top, then there tends to be a, a, a bigger spread of or a, a bigger number of points in the, in the middle. You know, and So last season, we did have those sides kind of running away at the top there, not really losing many games to the bottom teams. So, although it was a, a reduced number of points and, and it was not good enough on the pitch, it genuinely wasn't. You know, they, you can count the really good games last season on, on, uh, on the fingers of one hand, you know, and have a couple left over to pick up your, your coffee mug with. It's, um, it, it really it wasn't inspiring. But it, I, don't, I genuinely, hand on heart, don't think it was, it was as bad as some people make out. I mean, I, I'd read... You know, column, uh, uh, the people in the comments section on on the central, some of your stories, some of my articles, I'd hear them on praise and grumble or other phone-in shows, and and, and people, you know, I remember he- hearing the words, and, and from people who were not relatively new supporters, this is the worst I've ever seen. Really, one guy on a radio phone-in show said it was the worst he'd seen in sixty years. You know, you've got to be kidding. It's, it's, it's palpable nonsense. It doesn't. It doesn't break the top twenty of bad seasons if you've been watching Stoke for sixty years, and you know. So we, people just get a little bit carried away, and so I felt there was a little bit of that last year, but you know, a lot of the criticism the manager got was 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 fair, and it was you know coming from a, a genuine place that that it wasn't so much the league position. I think it's been the 
the way the kind of good performances and the good football dissolved. And I felt last season we were closer to being the side that cost Tony Pulis's job than the one Mark Hughes had, was building 18 months ago. You know, there was a lot of kind of long ball stuff, trying to play it cagey. And for the most part, we actually did. We, you look at the goals we conceded, we, we got thumped by the top teams, but against everyone else, we were actually not that bad. I think we kept four or five more clean sheets than West Brom. And West Brom had lauded, you know, is this is their, you know, under Tony Pulis, this is their, they, they keep a lot of clean sheets, but they, they kept a lot less than us last season, you know. But we, what happened is, is when we got hammered, we got hammered. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. It, that, that's where I was with Mark Hughes and I, I don't I, I think he deserved another go and I'm, I'm glad the club did that because we you know we, we do do diff- things differently at Stoke and uh, I, I didn't think that what he did last season was enough to cost him his job however it will be held against him this season won't it and uh, tough start. he's made a lot more changes this summer than he had in his previous um, three summers uh, four summers um has he made too many? Has he made not enough? Well, yeah, that, that will come to be seen, won't it? I mean, we had to get the average age of the, the squad down. I mean, you saw at Tottenham last year the immobility of, of Stokes players. And uh, they, they're not bad players, they're just older players, you know, where we didn't have the pace and the movement and the agility to, to match to Spurs. And that was happening against a lot of the, the better sides. So we had to get younger. And part of getting younger is you've got to move on some of the older players you know and that's kind of what we've done really you know with Whelan and Walters and and Bards I mean we didn't want to lose Arnautovic that was his decision and once once he wants to go I don't ever believe in keeping a player unless you can't get the right price for them in which case tough you know they've got to stay so I thought 20 possibly rising to 25 was was a great price for Arnie and considering we could have lost him last summer for I think it was 11 so the club's done done well out of that. Um, so on the plays we've lost, I understand, and it, you know, it's what we've brought in or what we haven't brought in. You know, I mean, the acquisition of Fletcher doesn't help that average age thing. You, you might be a, a slight upgrade on where Glenn was last season, not not throughout his earlier years at Stoke, but perhaps where he was last season. Uh, but um, Zuma, now this Chupa uh, Moting, you know, it's. It's, it's very thin, isn't it? It's it, you know, We haven't really brought a lot in there. And so, you know, we could go to Everton on Saturday and really play what is almost a, a re- recycled team from last season where it, it literally is just those two players I've mentioned, you know, Zuma and uh, Chupa Moting were the only two uh, that, that weren't and, and there. Fletcher, yeah. yeah, sorry, and Fletcher, I beg your pardon, yeah. uh, that, that weren't there last season. So that that's really, that, that's scary in a way. So... There may have been a lot of changes at the club, but they, I don't think they've been the changes the supporters were hoping to see. And the one I genuinely don't believe we've addressed, and although I suspect maybe why, is, is the goal scoring. You know, we've lost uh, John Walters and um, Marco Anatovic, and that's, you know, that's nearly a third of the goals we scored last season. You know, certainly over a quarter, and um, to, to score those goals now we've got. Sido Berry, you know, we're all hoping it's going to come good now that he's had a full pre-season. He looks, in, he does actually look physically in great shape. 
and then you've got Peter Crouch who's you know I'm sure you have to mention he's 37 you know and the, the guy's as honest as the day is long and uh, he still believes in himself but I don't think he's going to make you know I don't I think he'd do well this year to get the seven he got last year in the, in the league and that, that's not going to be enough for the club you know and, and what I've seen so far in pre-season isn't quite happening for Saido Berenino either. He doesn't seem to have that understanding with his teammates or that link doesn't seem to have been forged or that understanding of where to be. And that could be anybody's fault. I'm not saying it. It says I'm absolutely not saying that. So the, 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 the change that we need to see from the team, I'm not entirely sure it's there yet. Could be. And we, you know, we've still got um, over two weeks now. It's still nearly three, actually, isn't it, on the transfer window but I'm a little bit worried about that to be honest and uh, as much as I you know I believe in the, the club and believe that the manager can still do a good job at Stoke and that stability does count for something you know the clock is going to be ticking on him and I think Stoke's Achilles heel and perhaps his undoing could be the, the lack of goals in the team. Um, well not quite time for the suicide pills yet but you don't sound particularly uh, optimistic um one last prediction from you then before we before we finish. Where will Stoke finish this season? Despite everything I've said, I mean, when I'm talking about that kind of lack of optimism, that's the optimism you need to finish in the top half. I genuinely believe there are, it, it, the worst case, if it doesn't come good for Stoke, I do. I still believe there are four or five teams worse than us, and I think twelfth is it would still be a good season to me. Genuinely, I'd take that, and that's what I'm going to predict. Well, certainly a lot better than it was in 1988. Thanks very much for joining us, Martin. Okay, thank you.